0: Hey y'all, this is Shelby popping in for a pre-episode notice. Laura's audio got messed up and it's unusable, so I had to cut her out of the episode. Um, She'll be back for our next episode, which is the season five wrap-up, and we will talk to y'all then. Thanks for listening. Skully, you have to believe me. Nobody else on this whole damn planet does or ever will.
1: You're my one in five billion.
0: Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby, and we have a returning guest, Zoe. Welcome back, Zoe. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be back. Yes. Uh, I brought you back for another Vince one because you did. He like co-wrote Leonard Betts with a bunch of people last. With a few people. I don't remember. Anyway. Sorry. First of all, I'm sick. I'm sorry. Every time I leave my biome, I get sick. So, you know, it is what it is. It's the season. Yeah, that too. Today we are talking Season 5, Episode 19, the penultimate episode, Folie à Deux. It's French for A Madness by Two. It aired May 10th, 1998. It was written by Vince Gilligan and directed by Kim Manners. And the plot is, Mulder and Scully get called out to Illinois to do a threat assessment for a call center where the threat has quote, supernatural elements, according to Skinner. (laughs) Mulder goes off to do it in a foul mood and ends up being convinced that the man, Gary Lambert, was right. He begins to lose it, and Scully tries to help him as much as she can. And we open on a call center, and the guy playing Gary, his name is Brian Markinson, he was in Mad Men, which is where I recognize him. But he has that face. He has character actor face. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was like the one guy in this episode I didn't recognize. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then saying that That's a funny. lot of the other people I recognized, I was like medically looking them up, like, where do I know them from? And I just didn't know them. They just had that kind of face as well. So it's really hard to actually know who I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. This was like the one guy I was like, I've seen him in something. But the guy who plays Greg Pink kinda has, kind of has uh, that face too, but I don't know where he's from. So I I didn't look him I up. looked him up and
1: the thing I think he was in an episode of ER, but I mean who wasn't in this, you know, time period. So, and I don't <laughs> yeah. it's like an early episode that I've not seen as much as I have some of the later ones, so I didn't particularly remember his character from that. But what I did remember him from, which I looked up it was um he's in an episode of friends and it's the episode where joey ends up buying the boat at the charity auction and then he tries to sell i don't know how much you guys are friends uh fans but um he tries to like sell the boat on to like somebody else um, and this guy mm-hmm. is the somebody else and he's called like mr beaumont and then he ends up deciding though that he Jerry himself wants to keep the boat because he's like, I want the Mr Beaumont, like, because he's imagining this guy naming the boat after himself. It's like a really goofy, as have most kind of uh, Jerry plotlines on Friends, um, kind of plotline. But I just, as soon as I looked him up and I was like, oh my God, it's Mr Beaumont. I was watching it with my husband and he was like, oh yeah, Mr Beaumont. um, But he's literally just in like the one episode. It's not like, it's like like a a recurring arc or anything.
0: Hmm. He's he's not good at his job, but you know who wouldn't be bad at a call center job? I think most people would be Ben. Uh, and he keeps getting like distracted by this like weird noise. Uh, very the but the okay. First of all, the music in this episode is fucking phenomenal. Like, tip my hat to Mark Snow. I loved all like the humming and like the kind of like just ambient music. It was incredible, and. I I really like this cold open because I feel like it sets up so many dynamics. So like just a very quick, like, you know, kind of rude ma- manager and one coworker you like and you joke with about how miserable this job is. <laughs> oh. And so it's just a lot of like quick, like orienting ourselves in this call center. And then you have Gary, like dude, who's bad at his job. And he. Takes he gets hung up on, so he takes the next one. And it's like very clearly a mark. But like he is so terrified of this noise that he's so distracted that he is not just like getting the easy layup se- sell. And this poor woman is just like talking to this dude and just like him ending it with like it's here. Like I'd be like, what the <laughs> hell is going on in that call center? <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then we have the credits. Mulder and Scully get called in my skinner to do a threat assessment, as I said earlier, at Vinyl Right, which is such a this kind of company name. Like, he really nailed the company, Vinyl (laughs) Right.
1: When they were talking about vinyl at first, I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, right, no, we're not talking that kind of vinyl. (laughs)
0: I also just love the the FBI getting called. It's like, oh, they do vinyl sighting. Okay, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought there were going to be like more
1: leaning into something to do it because they gave us quite an in-depth description of like what the vinyl product was, and so I thought was it going to be one of these kind of like polymer monsters or something that we were like looking out for, and there was like, oh wait, no, that's this just isn't completely Dr. irrelevant. Hill. Yeah, that is a very dark. Doctor- <laughs>
0: Yeah, like the, that's like the plot of Rose, uh, like the first episode ever. It's yeah, like yeah. the plastic monsters. <laughs> I know this because I'm deep in my Doctor Who watch. <laughs> oh man, I'm so behind on the whole thing. <laughs> y- y'all just pop in for the the new one coming up this year. You know, I'll explain the rest. You, I'll explain the um, timeless child to y'all begrudgingly, <laughs> but. <laughs> This has, like, my favorite Mulder line. One of my favorite Mulder lines. It's hard to pick a favorite, but his... Uh...
1: Monsters, I'm your boy.
0: Monsters, I'm your boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I have mentioned about, like, if I was ever going to get an X-Files tattoo, that's what it would be, like, Monsters, I'm your boy. And there is, like, a nice bit of... We didn't watch the episode, but there's a bit of continuity for once. And that Mulder's fingers, his pinky and ring finger are taped up. Uh, because he had them broken by like oh, he got them broken in a in the pine variant, which was the previous episode, because uh, he was going undercover for like these uh I think they were white nationalists trying to do some bioweapon thing.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched an episode since um I think the last one before this I watched was guest I uh guest semine. Um And, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know if it was, like, a David Duchovny actually had the record finger. <laughs> or, because I'm so, I'm so, like, you know, so behind. I'm not remotely up to date with the episode. So, yeah, good to know it was actually, you <laughs> know, a, a good continuity thing and not a, not a bad cover-up of a real life interview. Yeah,
0: <laughs> No, no, it's, it's funny, though, because it's, like, I don't... They kind of do just heal sometimes. Like, they're just, like, healed. Sometimes they'll keep, like, you know, some scars, but... For the most part, they're not big on, like, that kind of continuity. He's p- Mulder's pissed about the assignment. He thinks it's a waste of his time. And he says a lot of I and me statements in this complaint to Scully. And she's like, w- what am I? To- like, I heard we. I didn't hear I. Like, wh- who do you think I am? <laughs> like, do you just think I'm extraneous in this thing? And he's just like, no, it's just it's not worth either of our time. I'll go. It's fine. You could stay here. But I do love the, have I finally hit that magic point in my career where every time somebody sees Bigfoot or the Virgin Mary in a tortilla, I get called out of my basement in order to offer my special insight. <laughs> I love that tortilla He line. knows what he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, though. So he's like, oh, another one, like, rolling his eyes as if, like, it's like, well, who else are you expected to go do these things? Have you not,
0: like, set yourself up yeah. for being this guy? This has not been your aim all along. It's funny because, like, next season we'll get into something where like he will have wished for these moments again so you know he's being a bit ungrateful right now you have the x-files you haven't had the x-files before and maybe you don't have them again in the future (laughs) so maybe you should relish this getting called out to illinois some illinois suburb to talk about some crank it's of interest it's like illinois one of those states where pretty much
1: everything's a Suburb of Chicago, right? Because like it's not that big on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking like because they were like Oakbrook, so I was like, okay, well, I wonder where Oakbrook is, and then just every other mention after that is just Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. So I was like, yeah, it must be pretty much like all one and the same, more or less.
0: Yeah, I think like I I gotta say like sixty to seventy percent of the people who live in Illinois (laughs) probably live in Chicago in the Chicago area. Really, in anything else? Yeah. Um, I and then as he leaves he says, uh, I'm Monster Boy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's so fun. He's so fun. He's like really setting him up for like a line of t
1: shirts there of like, oh the monsters
0: like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I can't remember what, I we don't think we watched it and I think it's already happened. And I can't remember if it's um Postmodern Prometheus or something else, but there's one where he's like, "Scully, do you think it's too early for me to my own one nine hundred number?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like he really could have just been like that kind of like '90s person. <laughs> he would have a TV show now, you know. <laughs> so Mulder gets to Chicago essentially, and the guy wa- had recorded this audio tape, and he wanted their radio station to play it nonstop, and. <laughs> And he's just like very much like there's a monster among us and he hides in the light. And it's all very like weird. It's it's not you're not you're not really doing a good job selling your crank opinion, Gary. I'm just going to put that out there. But the reason they called this because they had a previous incident where the the manager who Mulder's talking to Gary Pincus says some guy brought in a gun and threatened to shoot people, but didn't. And he's like, "I think it was over some woman." <laughs> and they also said like that was five years ago. And I'm thinking,
1: like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm coming at this from a foreign viewpoint. Um, you know, where we can count kind of mass shooting incidents on like one hand in my lifetime. So, but I'm kind of thinking in context: mm-hmm. is this not like that's a long time, right, between incidents? I mean, obviously the. Yeah. I guess, depending on the size of the company, like maybe not, but I don't know. I'm just thinking like, would that really indicate a a patent or anything? Or is it just kind of like,
0: this thing happened this one time? Also, I imagine it was like it happened and then they did like a policy. They rewrote their policies of like in procedures. So they probably were like, let's contact law enforcement if anything even threatens this. And they just kind of did that because, you know, even though the guy also says for insurance purposes. Which also makes sense, like, if, like, a pol- part of their insurance policy going forward after this previous incident was, like, you need to, like, take these more seriously. Mm-hmm. Also, in, like, the 80s and 90s, it was, like, incidences at, biz like, workplaces, like, gun violence. Like, that, like before, I mean, obviously, we live kind of in a post-Columbine world where, like, a lot of these incidences happen at schools now. But before that really was the workplace, like, where a lot of gun violence happened. And Mulder's, like, stuck on this, like, hiding in the light thing. So he calls Scully and she's like, hey, can you, like, look and see if this isn't an X-File? She's like, the case that's a total waste of time. (laughs) She's just like, own that bozo, Scully. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, how does she even find this? Like, there's no, like, there's no way they have this X-File organized by, like, weird phrases. She just read through all of them? Mm -hmm. The days before control F. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) poor gary's work friend uh gets called into the boss's office because her name is nancy aronson i don't have that trouble because my name does not start at the beginning of the alphabet. my last name does not start at the beginning of the alphabet if y'all are trying to keep track and (laughs) so it's just like First one, like she didn't stand a chance. Aaronson, A.A., like girl, you're a goner. It reminded me of um, I don't know if you guys have seen Hot Fuzz, but um, that
1: yeah. So there's like um, these two detectives that just like don't ever believe that any crime could ever be happening in this town. And so when um, (laughs) when like Simon Pegg's character is coming to them saying like, oh, we need to like report this as a crime or whatever. Uh, they're like oh and I suppose it was by Mr. Aaron A. Aronson like literally just taking the piss of life how nobody has called <laughs> these things and it's like well they do when it's you know convenient <laughs> for the plot to have them at the
0: start of the alphabet <laughs> <laughs> exactly and the guy's like absolutely terrified and I like I like their friendship I feel like it's they don't have like a lot of scenes together but I think it really comes across and she's like I love you buddy but you're really weird, and I got to go do this <laughs> and he's just like, "Nancy, don't <laughs> like, oh my God, And she comes back and she looks like a zombie, and we can see like we see Gary sees her as a zombie, but then we see her like regular face, and so it is sort of like what what are we supposed to believe? you know, like obviously Gary sees her this way, but is that just because? He's delusional or or what, you know?
1: I don't know if it was at this point, but there was one point when um the um the the dial and smile guy, which is what I called him, <laughs> um, he was kind of like yeah. trying to make Gary make sure he's like back to work, which obviously I think with the hindsight of seeing the full episode is just like this guy's trying to, you know, get him to hit the goal targets or whatever. But at that point in the episode I was a bit like, mm-hmm. Oh, is he like kind of in on something? Is he kind of gatekeeping like who can see what's going on and who can't? Um but it turns out that yeah, yeah, that was kind of I don't know. Maybe there was an element of that, but I think it was much more him pushing them towards like go and do your sales as opposed to like don't look what's going on elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Like a like a enabler willfully not Noticing what's happening, mm-hmm. Scully calls Mulder back and says there was another incident at a church in Lakeland, Florida, uh, and that the Reverend brought guns and started shooting people. And and Mulder is at the risk of you telling me, I told you so. I think you should get down here and help me. And of course, she's got to hit him with the I told you so. <laughs> Love that scene. They're so cute together. He, like, kind of smiles, too, like, after she says, I told you so. She's like, he's like, yeah, I did deserve that, and also thank you. <laughs> the office is empty because it's lunch, but also because Gary has taken everyone hostage. So then Mulder gets taken hostage. Scully arrives in Illinois with Mulder being held hostage. This is not on topic, but I was talking to a friend, and he pronounces it Illinois, and I pronounce it illinois well, I'm gonna pronounce the S because it's there. <laughs> is it in the um, is it in the strip <laughs> that was once French? Is that where
1: the name comes from? Like the same as like, Arkansas? But I always assumed.
0: Does, is Arkansas maybe French? Not actually,
1: no, ignoring
0: me. <laughs> that actually <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> That's funny because No, I was just really surprised. Cause it's
1: like directly north of Louisiana, right? Arkansas Arkansas yeah, is, So, I yeah. think that strip of land from kind of like, obviously, oh, Canada down
0: to Louisiana, that was like all French at one point. I think mm-hmm. this is, or at least this is like the way that my head has worked it out. Yeah. And then that's why, like, no, yeah, Louisiana Purchase. It was like Louisiana all the way up to like part of the West. Yeah. So, you get like more of the French place
1: names in that kind of strip. And then you've got like, oh, what's that place in Michigan? Mm-hmm. Sainte-Saint-Marie. I don't know how you guys pronounce it. I only know it because it's on the ticket to Rideboard game. <laughs> it's, like, right at the top. Oh, okay. um, but, yeah, there's, like, I was, like, that's a random French place name to have, like, in the middle of, like, Michigan. <laughs> I think it's all, like, that strip of land that was once French.
0: Yeah. I think Wisconsin has, like, a lot of French names, but they butcher the hell out of them.
1: Well, that's the funny thing as well. So,
0: like, when I said Arkansas,
1: like, I used to work in France with a guy from Arkansas, and he was always, like, driven insane by the fact <laughs> that they actually say Arkansas. Like, they pronounce all the He was like, why? And was yeah. like, this is the one place I thought they wouldn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to continue to call it Illinois. Um, yeah, maybe it's just because I always think in that soup and come on and bring the Illinois. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have that
0: on a t-shirt. Or whatever that album's called. <laughs> so Scully arrives in Illinois. <laughs> and... Mulder is captive, and we meet. We have our uh, cop friend from Pusher back. He's he's in a lot of episodes. He's part of their like Vancouver crew that they call on frequently. Hold on, let me get his name. Let me give him a shout out. Oh. Roger Cross. Thank you, Roger Cross. I love seeing him. He's fun. He's like a really deep voice. It's really impressive. We are in vinyl right, and he m- Gary has separated some of the workers from the others. So there's the ones near Pincus, there's three of them, and then there's like a semicircle with everybody else, and then people barricading the door, and he doesn't think that people near the boss are actual people, because he, they have been turned into zombies by Greg Pincus, according to him, and according to the show. And according to the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, according, yes. And... I'm like, this episode, I don't know if he meant to make it Marxist, but this is, like, kind of Marxist, you know? Because, like, zombies are, like, a very, like, mar- like have, like, a Marxist reading, too. You know, you have someone taking away your individuality. Yeah. Uh, taking away your individuality, and so you have the boss, and just trying to, like, do his, they're doing his bidding and stuff. And, and Gary's, like, the only one who sees it. He's trying to explain via, he even has an AK, you know? <laughs> It's like a Russian gun and he's trying to like not very well explain this to his fellow co-workers about how he just wants you to work, work, work. He wants to turn you into mindless drones but he's pointing a gun at them so it's not exactly. working. It's like he would have a point if he just cut the gun down. <laughs> yeah. He he needs an Excel sheet. He needs to meet each employee one-on-one rank them one to five how likely they are to unionize. Yes. <laughs> Instead, he's just like, I gotta stop him turning y'all into zombies right this damn minute. And he does kind of have a point, right? But also, yeah, I don't, I understand why your point is not being come across. <laughs> and Mulder's going into FBI mode. So he's just like, why should we be afraid of Mr. Pinkus, Gary? And Gary's like, why are you here? And it's like, I'm applying for a job. <laughs> And him laughing to him is very funny. He's like, You picked the wrong place. And he's like, I have gathered that by the way. <laughs> Where he's like, What's your name? And he's like, He just says Mulder again. And I'm
1: just thinking, Is he going to put him over there with all the like, you know, J to Z people? <laughs> like, like, No, you, you haven't been turned into a zombie yet. You're
0: like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Gary says, uh, Pincus has clouded everyone's mind. He's a monster, but no one can see it except for him. And Mulder's like slowly try every time Gary turns around, slowly trying to get his gun ready. Um, but unfortunately the people outside have different ideas of what should be happening. And so I love like the (laughs) them climbing on the roof and then like running from Gary's gunshots and the guy just like swan dives onto the like uh ladder. The uh, fire department ladder was so funny to me. Was this before or after, um, like, Scully was
1: like, don't call him or something? Like, I thought they must have been, like, Mm -hmm. concerned still at that point about a mobile phone being used to to rig something.
0: Yeah. And then after the gunfire, they're like, we don't really have a choice. We have to call him. And right as Mulder is ready to, you know get his gun on gary the phone rings and ruins his shot and he does get pips pistol whipped by gary um so you know (laughs) this is what Mulder. this is what happens when you're um you're you serve as like the armed guard of capital you know (laughs) the state has a monopoly on violence is what gary's saying in this moment but not verbally (laughs) it's like where's your monopoly now bitch (laughs) And one of the non-people, according to Gary, like, goes to try to stop him, and he kills him, uh, Mark Backus. Uh, they, I guess they, like this seems like a big place, but apparently their only alphabet is like A. They only have one person with A, <laughs> and then they have to go B immediately. And Gary continues his demand of, he needs to get his message out, and he wants to be put on TV, or he'll start killing actual people. And Scully's like, okay. Let's put him on TV. <laughs> but it's only like closed circuit, so they're not actually gonna broadcast this span with a gun talking about how evil his boss is. They would never do that. So he's doing his like, you know, uh, Workers of the World Unite speech. Um, to no one, to Scully. Like <laughs> <That's about it. laughs> person watching. He really does look like um like you're a rebel and the only thing he's missing is he doesn't have the ski mask he's just got the gun he's wearing it off the suit but otherwise he's just like a monster roams among us and uh (laughs) the whole thing seems like really
1: unplanned but then it's like but then where do you get that kind of gun if the whole thing's (laughs) unplanned
0: he crossed over to Indiana I think that's the thing about Illinois is, is um, because it's so close to Indiana and somewhere else. No, I don't know. But, like, if you want a gun, you could just go to Indiana and then, like, pop back over. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah, because there are parts of, like, is it is it Gary, Indiana, that's, like, pretty much also just a suburb of Chicago, even though it's, like, in the next state? So it must make, yeah, like, how do you do statewide <laughs> enforcement when, like, you know, the name... You know the same state effectively yeah, yeah. part of it, is, and the next day, like it must be, yeah, impossible.
0: Yeah, it's there's like there's lots of weird stuff like that, like like even um <clears throat> because I was just in Lubbock when it used to be a dry city, like the city used to not sell alcohol. Right, right outside the border of the city, there's just like shacks that sold like liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are there any places in the U.S. that are
1: still dry? Like yeah, on a local basis. Yes. That's wild. But the closest thing I've found our experience has been before Estonia joined the Euro, they still had their own currency and it made everything just like really cheap. So I stayed in a hostel there. It was like three pounds a night, five a night if you want a private room, like ridiculous. Oh, wow. and, and so if you go to their port in Tallinn, it's just all the alcohol superstores because the Finns would come over for like a day trip on the ferry and just load up on cheap booze and then take it back. And, like, British people have done that in France for a long time, but never quite to this extent. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And I'd be interested to go back now because Estonia (laughs) are in the euro now, so I bet it's, like, just as expensive as Finland now probably. So it'd be really interesting to see, like, um, yeah, yeah, if it's, like, remotely still the same scenario or not. But the only other thing I can think of is I have a friend (laughs) who's from... um, brunei he was born there and so they just used to like drive to malaysia and load up and i'm like that's so funny you're going just from one muslim country to another to load up on booze. <laughs> <There>. but <laughs> one slightly more permissive than the other
0: <laughs> yeah you know what's weird is in massachusetts they do that they go up to new hampshire to buy alcohol only because the taxes are cheaper
1: <laughs> so yeah. it's legal in
0: <laughs> massachusetts it's just like more expensive <laughs> Yeah, so Mulder gets in the way, and the light gets cut, and, like, Gary's yelling, we hear this humming because of, like, the bug creature. And then, like, Gary's just like, look, 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 and Mulder turns around, and he sees the damn bug creature. <laughs> and I have a note about the bug creature. So they built this apparatus, and the person who built it, like, it could move, like, the antenna, and, like, it had a lot of, like, controls and stuff. But the suit was, like, really heavy. It was, like, 70 pounds, so it was hard to move in. And it just looked goofy. And they were like, this isn't supposed to be a funny episode. What do we do? This suit is not working. And so so they, you know, shot all these with this kind of goofy-looking bug suit. And they just kind of asked the special effects person, like, make it scary. And the visual effects supervisor, I want to shout her out, Lori Calson George, in... She finished her work at 7.30 on the morning, the day Folia Du aired. <laughs> and then Vince says, basically, the stuff she did was amazing. She took the footage with the monster in it, erased the monster completely, took the monster to a different screen or whatever, animated it, added a special blur. So it, like, does look, it doesn't look, like, super creepy, but it looks unsettling. I love the last minute editing. <laughs> I really like it. I mean, like, it. there's points where it kind of looks a little goofy, but, like, I think the episode, the sound, and, like, the acting and everything about it really just, like, any any impulse to laugh at this monster kind of gets taken away because it feels so serious and so, like, heavy. The cops come in, they shoot Gary, and Mulder is just like, what just happened? Like, the dude was right, and Gary's like, now you know. <laughs> His message got across to one person, and it was, like, the worst person to receive this message. <laughs> He's like he's like a dog. He's has it in his mouth. He's not gonna let go.
1: <laughs> now, just say, I couldn't help but think like if they'd had that vinyl siding, like siding on their own building with that tank have gone through, you know, this like used in the space industry vinyl <laughs> siding, like you know, they were lucky that they didn't uh, buy their own product, otherwise <laughs> they could have been a bit screwed there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that talk, and then they don't they don't buy their vinyl siding. Mulder's staring Pincus down, and he he goes and asks him, like, have you ever been to Lakeland, Florida? Like, were you at the plant that this previous incident happened in? And he, he's going investigator mode, and Scully's like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And he's just like, I don't know. Let's just, and she's just like, let's just go get you some rest. You need some rest. It'll be okay. Well, like, head back. <laughs> and he's just like, He's lost it. Back in DC, Mulder, probably without sleeping even a little, assembles a extremely Charlie from It's Always Sunny red string corkboard with a map of the US and tracking the movements of Pankus. <laughs> and then isn't the um the other agent guy like someone stalking him and he's like, No, gathering evidence, not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when he sees it in gary's room as well <laughs> he's just like yes exactly this dude is on the right path and <laughs> um the city of austin gets a shout out uh pincus was here i guess or you know in austin, in texas so thank you vince that one that one time he shot the movie he shot home price here absolutely changed his life he loves he loves austin now <laughs> he's allowed to move here I give so many celebs crap for moving to Texas but Vince is allowed but he probably doesn't live here where is he from initially is he
1: from like the Southwest? I assume I think Virginia
0: oh okay because I always assume like I don't know Breaking Bad New Mexico I guess they just wanted the desert though right like it's not <laughs> really like yeah Breaking Bad's kind of funny because he was going to shoot in California and then some producer was like, we can get tax breaks if we shoot in New Mexico. And that's like the only reason that's it's in hilarious. New Mexico. Yeah. Tons of wasteland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love that their state's
1: contribution to like pop culture is like Breaking Bad and High School Musical, like both taking place in the same city. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, does Walt Jr. know all
0: these kids? Like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> scully arrives and she is just like Mult- like what happened i left you for like a couple hours <laughs> and she comes back and he is just like going full crank mode and she is like have you slept <laughs> and he doesn't answer and and then he just says what if gary lambert was right <laughs> and she's just like what am i supposed to deal with this and Vince has this great idea like I love Vince's X-Files episodes because he knows like when to focus on a monster and when to just let like facts lie and so we don't get too much of like why is he a bug monster there's like no explanation of like how he's a bug monster or anything it's just like he is a bug monster and Mulder is like he clouds his mind like some sort of praying mantis. And, like, that's kind of it, because, like, that's not what the episode's about, you know? It's the background for, you know, a talk about Mulder and Scully and their relationship. And so, like, I think that's his brilliant of just, like, Mulder's kind of going off, and Scully is like, no. <laughs> and then his—I love this conversation a ton, and his—Mulder's um Mulder's like, did he—did— he see it because he was disturbed or was he disturbed because he saw it like what's the order of operations here (laughs) and Scully is just like it doesn't matter he's dead and then we like Mulder just tells her I saw it too I am I disturbed and a beautiful face acting by Jillian here of just you know she wants to be there for him but this is very challenging. She doesn't. She doesn't know what to do with him in this situation. Her suggestion, her explanation of what happened, is folie à and I do have a remark. So, some molders like it's not folie à It's not Helsinki syndrome. And so, if I remember correctly, I watched this forever ago. But this was in the script written as Helsinki syndrome instead of Stockholm syndrome because Vince misremembered Stockholm syndrome, and. And David Duchovny was like, "Oh, that's really funny." <laughs> and then Vince is like, "Ah, oh, shit, <laughs> got it wrong that night." And so they just rolled with it and called, said Helsinki syndrome instead of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> and so he's like, "Scully, what if you autopsied Mark Bacus's body?" And she's like, "No, I'm not doing that." And and she says, um. I don't want to entertain the delusions of Gary Lambert, but she is perfectly, like not perfectly okay, but she will serve the delusions of one Fox Mulder. <laughs> and yeah, like perfect. We see, Mulder sees Gary has the same conspiracy map as him. And he sees Nancy in her zombie look outside. So he chases after him. And the poor FBI agent is just like, what is going on? Like, I don't, don't know what's up with this dude at all. And so he contacts Skinner. Skinner contacts Scully. And he asks, like, what's going on with Mulder? And she covers for him because, of course, she does. Um, it's interesting because I feel like if anyone, she could trust Skinner, but I, she doesn't want to even tell Skinner that like Mulder is going through it. <laughs> And I love when she's like, I will join him in Illinois immediately. And Skinner's like, don't you have an autopsy to do? And she's like, yes, of course. I definitely knew I had an autopsy to do. And I am not hearing this for the first time. (laughs) And she is just like going to the autopsy. And she's like, "Okay, like, let's take pics. That's it. I don't care. This dude's like, huh? But the body is more decomposed than you would expect. It the guy puts the time of death between 48 and 72 hours ago when it was like uh, almost a day ago. And Mulder is back in Illinois and he is now stalking Pincus and he finds him at an employee's house and she's zombified on her couch watching some like very silly black and white show, I feel like, I don't know, maybe the Three Stages or something. (laughs) And... We see the bug creature and it's just like, you know, running around and everything. And Mulder's (laughs) pulling a gun on the bug creature, but he's like climbing up the wall and everything. And of course, Mulder gets brought into Skinner's office. Well, I guess Skinner has to go to Illinois. And (laughs) he gets reprimanded for, you know, smashing a woman's window open and going in, ranting about monsters, pulling out his gun. And Mulder's just kind of sitting there, like, pissed. Because he's like, I'm right. Like, I'm actually right in this situation. (laughs) Mulder proceeds to get his ass beat by Skinner for, like, the umpteenth time. But he's, like, going through it. So, like, it's not a fair fight, you know? I don't think he could have taken Skinner, but I'm just saying that he he kind of fell apart too quickly. He did pull a gun on Pincus, and that's why Skinner tackled him. (laughs) So in my notes, I wrote, everybody shut up. It's the one in five billion speech, because this is a very important moment in television history and Mulder and Scully history and my own personal history, because my life was fundamentally altered when I heard this speech. It's perfect. I love it. And Mulder is in a psych ward (laughs) and Scully comes to visit him and his. um." First of all, she holds his hand and he's got like the wrist straps. It's so cute. She's just like comforting her her partner, who's kind of fully lost at this point. And his uh five years together, Scully. You must have seen this guy. <laughs> I love that. so. Fu- he's just like making jokes about how like he is, you know, into in a you know psychiatric facility, which you know at least he's in good spirits. <laughs> I find it interesting that Scully does tell Mulder about the body being decomposed at a quicker rate. Cause that does seem like the kind of thing, like you wouldn't tell Mulder in this state, but like, she was like, I can't lie to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's still important to me to tell him that there is some evidence supporting his like bonkers theory. So she's kind of feeding into that delusion, but she does kind of respect him enough to at least tell him that, you know?
1: This is what I still don't really get about her, like in terms of what are we now five years into this job? And yeah, it's still like, oh, my professional, you know, medical opinion over any other evidence that's come before me. And yeah, clearly there's some part of her that's like, this can't all be delusion, mm-hmm. but she just keeps putting that kind of same medical head on, like, no, this must be delusion, like, but she can't help herself
0: from kind of getting into it. So I'm just kind of like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like she's so fascinated as a character because she does get labeled as like this non-believer which she is but like she does like she does see there is something bigger going on frequently but it's it it kind of feels like a comfort thing for her more than it is like a a, a strong-willed boneheaded kind of thing you know it is just or not boneheaded thick gold i don't know whatever i'm trying to say but uh yeah <laughs> He tells her like you have to be willing to see Scully, and she's like resistant. And he's like, "No, there's there's no one on this earth that will believe me except you. You are my one in five billion, which now would be one in eight billion, but you know." And it's just like Vince, you're so right. It's the soulmateism of it all. It is they are perfect for each other. They validate each other in ways that no one else can they complete each other in a way that is just impossible and it's, it's beautiful and it really captures what is so good about this show. And it, I just love it so much. And, you know, Vince and I are on the same wavelength in this regard. And also what if 5 billion is the name of one of my Mulder and Scully playlist, because it has to be, you know, and He asked her again, like, just look, he did something to the back of their necks. Can you just go look at the back of Mark Bacchus's neck? And she does, because of course she does. (laughs) Like, of course, this is what she does. She, This is her, her guy, her man, her partner, her soulmate. And she indulges his delusions in a way that she would never indulge anybody else's delusions. But she trusts this man. And so she does, and she sees the little bite, the little three-pronged bite. Mulder is trying to get the nurse to take him out of his wrist straps because he's like, I'm actually very normal. You don't understand. Uh, I need to protect myself from a bug monster. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And he sees shadows at the window. But they're three stories up, and there are trees. It's definitely a bug. We saw the bug. But now the nurse opens the window and we see kind of focus on her neck. So she has been infected by the bug creature as well. Very convenient for the bug creature. You know, just. The bug is back crawling on the ceiling in its little shuffle. (laughs) And the nurse has a has a Canadian accent, which Will probably be, like, one of our last Canadian accents. I think we're going to have one more episode in Vancouver eventually. But this is going to be our last episode we talk about in Vancouver. Because the movie was shot in L.A. as well. So, I'm enjoying this last accent, you know? Mulder. I don't I can't do how they move Mulder, but they say Mulder weird. But then Scully sees it with the nurse. She's just, like, it's kind of crazy that Scully sees the nurse zombie. Yeah, she's like no, there's something not right here. It's like I'm
1: a doctor, I'm his partner, I'm law <laughs> enforcement and like none of those things like Trump hospital policy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she has this like look of like confusion and and like Scully's just like she will never verbalize the kind of su- like she will never confirm nor de- like what she sees. So we know she sees it but then it quickly gets shuffled to the back of her head and she's like okay whatever (laughs) like I just know Mulder's in trouble and that's all that matters at this point point. I don't care if like there is a bug monster (laughs) and Scully sees the bug monster shoots the bug monster launches he launches himself out the window and runs away and (laughs) then we are in uh, Skinner's office and Skinner's like, so you're telling me Mulder is, like, kind of right? And she's like, yes, some people have disappeared. That's suspicious. And (laughs) when Skinner says, describe the intruder, and her face is like, just, like, no. And she's like, it was dark. (laughs) She's like, whatever, it was an intruder. What's it matter what the intruder looks like? (laughs) And Mulder's like, what did you tell him? And she just, you know, says, foley do. <laughs> and it's kind of, it is, <clears throat> they pointed this out in um, Monsters of the Week. Uh, Emily did. Where it is funny, because like the title of the episode, you think the foley adieu of the title of the episode are Gary and Mulder, which like is true, but fundamentally is talking about the foley adieu is Mulder and Scully. <laughs> And then we get a, a full circle moment in very X-Files fashion where the new vinyl right office in a different city and we get the it's here. So it's just a continual cycle, which, first of all, why would the bug creature I would get a new job at that point? Like <laughs> Maybe it feeds off vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's it. So that was the episode. So we have our segments. And our first segment is Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder! Damn it, Mulder! It! How annoying was Mulder this episode? And I will go first. He was not annoyed. He was actually very sad and pathetic. So I'm giving him a one point five.
1: <laughs> I never find him annoying. I don't know what it is. I just don't. So it's still like a not five or whatever for me. Like I don't think I rated him very high last time either. <laughs> like I just I don't find him annoying at all. <laughs> Maybe I'm just used to him being his much more annoying self um, in uh, Californication, you know, like <laughs> like Hank Moody is like off yeah. your scale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. What yeah, Californication, I'd rank him like a 10 every single episode. <laughs> what, what? Do you give him 1.5 as well?
1: I, I'd probably give him like a 0. 0.5, like genuinely like lowest end of the scale. So
0: hmm. he's good. <laughs> oh my god i don't know if i've had a like a guess i think a ghost guess has been lower than me before but it's i'm in very uncharted water at this moment <laughs> next we have so uh this must be the enigmatic agent scully our sassiest scully moment I would say um, when Mulder was like explaining his ridiculous
1: theory and then she's like, Mulder, you're not serious. And then afterwards she said no in like the most indignant way. Like, I love that. It was so good.
0: Yes. I think that was mine too. It was definitely, I definitely wrote no. And I think it was the one where like, he says something like Gary Lambert like yeah. was right or, or something about Gary. And she was just like, <laughs> no. We're not doing this for once. <laughs> and then of course I do it for, you know, the hundredth billionth time. <laughs> and lastly, we have
1: Welcome. You've got mail.
0: Our 90th moment. Zoe. Um, I I struggled for one, but one that I really like
1: noticed, like and this has probably been in loads of the episodes, but it's the first time I've noticed it. It was like the um square on portrait of Bill Clinton behind Skinner in his
0: office. <laughs> I was just like yeah they really I felt like they really keyed in on yeah and it's just funny
1: because like obviously like I know kind of intellectually that this is taking place in the 90s but like I hadn't really like in the average episode you don't really see anything to kind of distinguish it from kind of like you know the post 9-11 world or like you know kind of it could very much have been during well at least the next two terms of a president after Bill Clinton like I don't think you've noticed that much of a of a distinction from like a viewer or at least for someone who wasn't like who doesn't really link watching these episodes with the world at that time um so yeah it was just mm. kind of a bit of a like you know like uh
0: oh we are in the 90s
1: like thanks for that reminder <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was trying <laughs> to think if there was something that happened with bill that like made them kind of like focus like make it more of a focus and like shots and 98 i think the scandal was around that time
1: did, like, I mean, I don't know, did, like, famous people in general at the time kind of, like, take public stances on things the way that they kind of do now, you know? Like, back then when that scandal broke, maybe there were a lot of people that then suddenly became, like, staunch defenders of him, and that was, like... I'm a not thing. sure. I, I just
0: kind of remember it being, like, she... Re- Monica was really just, like, the complete, utter butt of yeah. the joke. It Like, the conversation... Of course, I was, like, a child, but the conversation never felt like it was really messed up for him to, like, abuse his power like this it was more like funny to people and then like people who it was convenient, politically convenient to you know yeah. do that they were always going to yeah but like i'm pretty sure it happened in 98 so i feel like maybe it got maybe that was like early 98 because it was like the very end of his presidency yeah. so he got like impeached but he was like his term was up at the end of the year or whatever mine was there was this wasn't a super 90s episode for sure I don't think the episode really focused on this too much, but I think the 90s was like a very hotbed of like critique of like cubicle culture where like now it's just like cubicle culture is completely accepted because like the kind of workspaces we make fun of are some of the weirder ones like a WeWork situation or like a Google si- situation where like it's not they're not cubicles anymore, but. So I think like this, because Office Space came out in 1999. I love and that And so this film. feels like a little. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's really good. And it's, this feels like a little adjacent. Yeah. Not quite to the level of Office Space, but definitely like mindless drones and like cubicle, like everything is kind of the same. There's the drone noise. A lot of the shots, I really love the direction in this episode, Kim Manners. There's like a lot of kind of movements, like you're not really set still, it's a lot of uh continuous kind of shots. Yeah. Like when we first see Gary, we see him and the camera kind of goes around him. We see the script, we see him from different angles, kind of thing. And so that slash like um unfortunately like mass shootings in offices, like those aren't as common because I think because like offices are like a lot more, you know, like they have metal detectors sometimes, or, like really big offices or yeah, you need your ID to get through a gate or whatever, yeah. Exactly. So, like, if you got fired, you couldn't come back in because you have to, like, scan your key card, stuff like that. So, like, they're a lot more secure. So, like, mass shootings have kind of shifted more to, like, big events and, and schools, unfortunately. So um, I I would be kind of surprised if I heard about, like, a shooting at, like, a workplace. Um, Also, like, they're kind of, they're, like, smaller scales. Like, you know, like, they're, like, people die and get injured but like offices usually aren't huge and even now like post-pandemic like how would you even do that like everyone works remote you know
1: yeah i was in the office yesterday it's like a hybrid situation yeah there was so few people in the office yesterday and this is literally like the center of london like from our office window you can see like the london eye and stuff so it's like we're literally like bang mm-hmm. center and like yeah i maybe saw like 12 people topped on my floor that day like and again, it's a Friday, yeah. like, people choose that as their work from home day. But yeah, it's just like, I don't think things are ever really going to shift back to how they used to be. Like, I'm still at home, like, two or three days exactly. a week. Like, I think it's, it's just kind of the, the standard now.
0: Yeah. So that was the episode. This is one of my all-time favorite episodes. Like, currently, it switches a lot, but currently this is my favorite Venskillian episode. I'm kind of obsessed with this episode because, like, it's it's sort of like a look at, like, How Mulder would be treated if he like didn't have if he was like any other person, right? Like he has a lot of things that keep him out of being sent to a psych ward because of his beliefs like, you know So white man and he has you know, high connections. He's an FBI agent So if he didn't have any of those and like he was like Gary or if he was like anybody else that he meets he would be so marginalized and like left to just like say these crank theories that like in the X-Files world are true and I think it's so interesting because this episode like everybody is treating him like how we would treat somebody now right but but in his world in the show's universe he is the correct one he is always correct and I find that just so fascinating and I love this, like, it's so, it's such a good dynamic to see how, why Molnar and Scully work so well together, and also just a kind of, a look at the show itself, and it's just like, what, like, why is this show the way it is, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, I said, last episode I edited, I said, you know what I mean, so many times it started to piss me off every time I said it, so, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) You need, like, some other phrases to, to answer
1: <laughs>
0: it's like a yeah, it's like a verbal tick I didn't realize I did, and then I I just heard it like fifty times, and I was just yep. like, "Why am I like this?" I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is interesting because like you've you've seen a couple episodes, so like you know their general dynamic. But like like how did that scene like hit you, Zoe? Like did you? I mean, I mean, it's a really great acted scene and everything, so I'm sure you like understood it and everything, but I was just curious.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of came to that same assumption that, like, you know, all the way through we were thinking, oh, the Folia did it, it's him, and guy his name, I've forgotten. <laughs> um Gary I should remember that that's my dad's name that's terrible um yeah um, <laughs> and then obviously we get to the end and it's like oh but it's not just the two of them like it's obviously Mother and Scully and mm-hmm. I think yeah I mean obviously like in pop culture every mention of them is together like they're very much like I think out of all the kind of yeah. shows at the time they're like you know a duo that always come together it's not like you know there's a huge following or mention in you know any kind of pop culture scenario of one without the other so yeah I think it was a really yeah yeah, kind of good way for them to kind of send us off one way and then bring us back into that at the end and I really enjoyed it Mm. yeah I I kind of like obviously I'm very like eye roll at Scully a lot of the times like you know all the stuff she sees and yet like she never believes anything so I'm kind of a bit like hi I've got you
0: <laughs> yeah this is like as much as she she'll she's willing to admit that like she does believe most of the stuff Mulder tells her <laughs> like eventually it just she just has to make him work for it <laughs> I think it's really interesting because it's like I don't think the episode is trying to make us say like one thing or the other as far as like Mulder's beliefs as much as like because it is like he is always right you know and and i think this episode if they didn't make him right it we would be like actually worried for his sanity right yeah so i think they kind of had to make him right in the end because it was like <laughs> you can't just like let him you know do this and then just continue next week oh yeah we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> all good he's brain's all fixed like, there's definitely an element of, because I haven't
1: watched an episode since Gethsemane, like in, in no way did I like come into this thinking like, oh, he may be dead. Like never once did that ever cross my mind but obviously <laughs> I know that they had like another two seasons, two movies and a reboot come, so um, but you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, like, they
0: love to be like, he's dead. Yeah, and I think
1: they've kind of done the same thing here with like, you know, like oh, like has it, you know, will he actually be like institutionalized? Like is this something that we're at, is actually at risk of happening, of happening and mm-hmm. we're all kind of like
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, like, Scully is his connection to sanity. Like, without Scully, like, he would be, you know, just some crank in, like, a a psych ward. And it's just, yeah, I love it a lot. (laughs) Their relationship just, like, really gets me going. It's just such a beautiful, like, I feel, like, kind of conflicted on soulmateism. Like, it's not my favorite, but I think when it's done well, it's, like, really good. And I think Modern Scully it has done really well.
1: And it's done kind of with their like professional attributes as well. It's like you know wh- where one lacks the other can really like pick up on you yeah. know like the whole
0: yeah they complement each other in that way. So that was the episode and if you would like to email us you can email us at condensedtruthpod at gmail.com We did already record the bonus episode but if you have a question we could just record a little a dead dumb. It's no big. And if you like to follow us, we are Dench Truth on Twitter. Next time we will be talking. Oh, we're we're doing our bonus episode <laughs> next time, which we already recorded. I forgot. <laughs> I'm like very out of sorts. So yeah. Wrapping up season five and talking David O'Covney's feud with the city of Vancouver. And we are kind of talking about uh, David and Jillian in general. Um, I will also going forward be briefly recapping the mythology we don't watch, just so people can be caught up. So I briefly describe the end in that one as well. So I hope y'all join us for that and thank you so much to Zoe for coming on. Do you have anything to plug? Thank you for having me.
1: Um not personally no just if you live in the uk everything's hitting the fans so make sure you're registered to vote um postal vote if you don't have id because they're trying to push that on us now so yeah make sure you're registered mm. for a postal vote if you don't have id especially young people because they accept it. the whole thing's a mess but they're basically gonna accept more like forms of id for older people so like an older person could use their bus path but a younger person can't like yeah yeah it's a whole thing I'm so. I'm
0: so sorry we're sending our worst operatives over there <laughs> at yellow Day voter id that's, that shit sucks i oh, no, it's the whole thing is a
1: like absolute mess like general election now but um yeah yeah so yeah that's my only thing like we're talking about universal healthcare like please help us try and keep it <laughs> as much as we can because it's, yeah. it's like genuinely yeah. right now 100% and support the strike Yeah, like, like I know <laughs> strike posing causing like an absolute shitstorm mm-hmm. left right and center but there's a reason people are striking this much like 12 years of the Tories like
0: absolutely we need unionized if you aren't already joining union GMB is the cheapest if you don't know which to join and anyone yes, can join, yes so. <laughs> yes well yes that's the episode we will be back for a bonus episode thank you to Zoe for coming on this was a blast I love this episode I hope everybody else loved this episode And I hope everyone has a nice weekend. Bye. Bye.